It's October 12th, 2012. Welcome to episode 2 of Insert Content Here. Insert Content Here. Words intentionally unclear. Insert Content Here. Hi, I'm Jeff Eaton of Lullabot, your host, and our guest in uh, this episode is Christina Halverson. Uh, she's the author of the book uh, Content Strategy for the Web, um, the CEO of the uh, Content Strategy Consulting consulting company Brain Traffic, the organizer of the Confab Content Strategy Conference. Um, surely there must be content strategy-related things that don't have your name on them. Like, statistically, <laughs> it's, it's got to be possible, right? There is, I am thrilled to say that there is a ton of content strategy stuff that does not have my name on it. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Um, it, oh, it's, it's my pleasure. It's a pleasure to talk to you, too. And um, I don't think I'm going too far to say that, like, over the past several years, you're definitely one of the people that has really helped put content strategy on the map um, with all the work that you've been doing and the speaking and the writing. And over the past, like, probably three or four years since you've been working with this stuff. What, what, what do you think is the biggest misunderstanding that you consistently run into? Oh, that content is, is copy. I mean, that, that is the number one thing I think that companies just do not get, uh, that, you know, they think that content is something that you can create and launch and then just leave the way that you would publish a brochure or the way that you would write a video script. Um, and that, you know, I, I honestly think that that is fundamentally one of the huge challenges that organizations have. Um, I think another challenge is just not being real clear on who owns stuff, like who owns stuff on the website. Um, uh, that obviously contributes to much of the crap that goes out there because people throw it up there and then walk away. Um and then I think finally companies are just constantly distracted by stuff that is not their website. And I know, Ugh. you know, content strategy is cross-channel and it, you know, definitely takes into consideration all your social media uh, properties and, and mobile and all of that. But, you know, people still come to your website. Like a lot of people come to your website and to believe that or to buy into the idea that like that should be last on your list, that's not good. So I think that those are it. So it really is all about sort of assumptions, and uh, uh, yeah, I think it's mostly about incorrect assumptions that we're operating on. I mean, it, it almost seems like the 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 perfect preservation of digital content can almost deceive us because you know you look at like a brochure that's you know. 10 years old and you know they're actually getting physically ragged around the edges in that box that you've been schlepping from conference to conference for you know two years it's like it shows actual visible signs of wear and tear and you say right, we got to right. make a new brochure but like with digital content it's just there and you forget it's there and it gets traffic and well and you know it's the internet there's so much room <laughs> to publish and you know what you know what else i i honestly feel like 
websites have kind of become like that extra spare room, like the, that you're always going to make into a guest room that you never really do and that you end up just like kind of throwing all the stuff in there and you're going to deal with it later. And you just kind of keep throwing stuff in it. And, you know, you don't want to open up the door and turn on the light and be like, take a deep breath and be like, okay, what is going to happen here? And, you know, I, I also want to be clear on this. It's not that companies don't care about their websites. And it's not that they don't recognize that they have significant problems. It's just that for years, they haven't known where to start. And so, you know, they have they paint over it. It's like they the house is falling down, and they put a new uh, coat of paint on it. They redesign the home page. Uh, They get a new CMS. I think it's called a design refresh. Yeah, exactly. A design refresh. Exactly. Um, And so I really think that that's part of what content strategy has done is that, A, it has provided people with a way to frame up the problem and sort of to say, here here are the pain points and their symptoms, and here's actually the cause, and then to provide a bunch of different uh, routes of treatment and, you know, to sort of see that, oh, this can make a difference. Um, Even just helping clean up the website, I think, is sort of just like a revelation for a lot of organizations. You know, lullabot. We're we're as guilty of the, like the shoemaker's children problem as anybody else. You know. Oh, for sure. I I hope that was a general statement. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, lullabot. God, you no. guys suck. No, <laughs> no, we're the same. We're exactly the same way. In fact, I will tell you that we struggled with a website um, overhaul because you know our just as content strategy has been changing so radically, we've had to twist and turn with it as a content strategy consultancy, figuring out what that means. And our website was in redesign for, you know, six, nine months. And I finally was like, screw this, just put a page up. And, you know, all people want, we want people to contact us. So put a page up that generally says what we do in a contact form. We have not had a single person complain about that. That, see, that really fascinates me. I mean, yep, it's... You put and it like doubled, up. it like doubled, tripled our leads of people who are actually like filling out the form and getting in touch with us. One page. That's crazy. I know. But see, this is if you are suffering from the cobbler's children syndrome, adapt. I, I guess you're right. Yes. Huh. Okay. Anyway. No, back no. To, I, back it, to you. I, I, I'm st- <laughs> well, because I, I, I heard you talk about that particular thing at the uh, content strategy forum. And, uh, I'm sorry, the um, content strategy meetup in Chicago. Right. right. And, uh, you know, the, the idea that, you know, a, a consulting company could put up a page. It, it like it feels incredibly old school, like the days when, you know, we would put up a home page for a client. But I guess that's part of the interesting thing it's the the idea of content strategy isn't necessarily we've got this gigantic pile of stuff and we've got to massage it into a different form it's what do we want to accomplish and what's the best way to accomplish that that and how do we do that that is exactly right is identifying it is that balance between okay why do we have this website and you know you can go through a website and it's like to inform to inform to inform to inform and it's just like well who are you informing and what how do you know that this is the stuff that they do want to be informed about and i think that when we can really get to know what it is actually that our users are doing and what they want um then we can create content content that specifically addresses those needs and helps them complete those tasks and then you know drives them towards whatever our goal is and when we got down to it I was like, look, people, content makes people miserable. It overwhelms them. It scares them. They want to feel happy, 
right? They want to feel better about their content. They also want to know what it is that we do, you know, but they don't, like if they want case studies, they can contact us and we will send them those case studies. And so if you go to our site now, it like takes you 60 seconds to look over it. And, you know, there's one call to action on it. So it, I mean, it was sort of like a brave experiment, I think, that really worked. That, it but does, it's because, it it's, because we knew, it's because we knew our audience and what they wanted and we knew what we wanted them to do. And I guess that's where the whole strategy part of it comes in. It's not just, you know, let's do content audits because that's the best thing to do. That's right. That's right. right. Does it's anybody always... actually enjoy doing content audits? Well, I do. Really? I do. That's awesome. I really do. And I, I like it because... Um, well, A, it is kind of mindless and you kind of like get into a groove. But B, it's just, you know, especially if you're going to be digging into a website with from any sort of strategic perspective, it's just so great. It's just like you keep uncovering stuff, even if it is really ugly. I mean, I, you know, I did web writing for years and uh, I, you know, nobody ever asked for a content audit. That was just part of my process so that I knew what I had to work with. And yeah, I really love it. Well, that, that's actually interesting. You said that you, you know, you've been, you did web writing for years. How, how exactly did you get into, quote, content strategy? You know, I think that I, I, I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> and I tend to share them unsolicited. Um, and, and so, I, you know, I was, a, I was that employee that was always just like, you know what, you're doing that wrong. Give it to me and I'll do it, um, which some employers really liked and some did not. And so this was, I was doing a lot of agency work and I was going in, you know, to do this writing and there were always a million questions that would come up while I was trying to deliver on these content requirements and uh, and nobody had the answer. And so I would end up sort of sitting in a room with these people and having to backtrack, you know, through their process to find out where is the information what is it that we actually need? Tell me what the objective of this page or this section is. And a lot of times they wouldn't have the answer. And so I kind of realized one day that what I was doing was sort of consulting all day and then writing all night. And I was just like, this is, this is not, <laughs> this is not cool. How about and I just so actually do the, the, do the meaty tricky part and, and then find other people to write this stuff after I figured out what ought to be written. And that's exactly how brain traffic was born. I start, I hired four writers over a period of two years and we were a nice five writers, I guess and we were a nice cozy little web writing firm. And I did all the strategy work up front and then they would deliver on the writing and it was great. Well played. Uh, yeah. Well then I, well then I, yeah. And then I just sort of realized I, I kept looking for, I knew that what I was doing was strategic consulting and I, I put interactive content strategist on my card without, because it with, I kind of felt like I made it up. So imagine my delight when I found Rachel Lovinger's article in December of 2007, talking about content strategy. Wait a minute, this um, is a real thing. Exactly. And there are others like me. And so that's when I began my crusade. See that I, I find that really interesting because um, you talked about coming at that, you know, from the, from the copywriting and the, the actual like content production side of things. Um, and you know, the, the problems that you encountered were, you know, while actually trying to produce the content, there not being enough real guidance about what 
ought to be produced? You know, what what, yep. what is the kind of thing we need? I in, in talking to a lot of Drupal developers and architects and and you know other people who are working even with different platforms, um, I, I've heard so many people that I know basically say things like, "Oh, well, now I'm not really sure what content strategy is, but you know, when you describe it, it sounds exactly what." like what I have to do just to make projects happen successfully. Well, for sure. And I think that what I have sort of started talking about is content strategy at the project level, which is in fact, I mean, it's as simple as just considering content from a strategic vantage point, the way you would, you know, when you're like, okay, well, what do you want this thing to do? What's the goal? What are you trying to manage? What, uh, why are you trying to cut, you know, cut costs? Are you moving to a different platform because you are going to invite more people to, to publish and this is the right thing to do, you know? And so you are thinking about those outcomes and those, and those goals and figuring out how you're going to get there. Right. But, and so that's really all, I wanted my clients to do was just think about that from a strategic level. And so that's when I talk about the project um, at the project level, that's really what I'm talking about is considering content from day one as something that is going to need to be created and shared and cared for over time. Um, But now we've been digging into content strategy more at the enterprise level. And really um, what that comes down to in my mind is, and I know there must be a different phrase for it, right? Like, content, I don't know what it is going to enterprise content strategy, I guess. But this <laughs> is where we really do our best to pull together people who are responsible for getting content online, or have, you know, or who are who are at least making big decisions about that, and get them aligned about, okay, what is what are we doing here with this content? How are we ensuring consistency, you know, cross channel or throughout our website? Do we even know what we're trying to be consistent about? Is there, you know, a content choreographer or coordinator that can be sure everybody knows what everybody else is doing? And so, and that is at a, that's at a much different scale. Um, But I think it's necessary if you're going to, you know, if the work that you're putting together at the project level is going to end up paying off over time, in my mind. Uh, it, it's it, it's funny how in a lot of the projects that we work on, we find that you know the the actual content so often either ends up being driven from below the people who are just you know pounding out you know new articles for a website or whatever, or if it's from an existing publishing company, um, they have a really really solid process and you know they know exactly what kind of things they're communicating they may have you know all kinds of you know briefs about what their purpose is and what their tone is and what their voice is and everything but figuring out how to actually make that happen is challenging you know yep. it's like we've got a big existing website and we've got this big pile of aspirational statements about yep. it in in this thing and and that sort of goes with um what one of the one of the uh, uh larry garfield a developer in the uh, drupal community um ended up tweeting as a question he basically said what are the real like actionable things that you do as part of content strategy once the sort of oh we have ideas stage is totally. gone. Totally. And actually, that's so funny because I was just, when I came in this morning, I was just ranting about consulting firms or consultants or brand agencies who walk in with all of these really great ideas and all of these strategic visions and then leave and, 
you know, there's no plan for implementation or they hadn't actually considered sort of the environment in which they were proposing this strategy take place, you know, and then it floats away. And that makes me insane. I am a practical Midwestern girl. I want to see things done. And so, you know, that initial... That initial sort of core strategy statement, really, I think that the purpose of that is to get everybody kind of aligned, ultimately, what it is they're trying to do on the web, right? Like, what, do you, what are you doing here? Are you driving leads through your website? Is that the primary thing? Are you using content to inspire people to do work with you? Are you interested in using content to, um, ed, you know, educate and support people throughout some life event or whatever? And that's good and that's fine. But ultimately then there is, you have to build down from it, right? So that, okay, if that's going to inform things and you've got your user personas or your user research in place, you understand what your business objectives are, you understand what those user goals are, well, then you can begin to uh, insert that real understanding into the user experience design process so that instead of, you know, just creating a... Um, like a sitemap with, you know, topics in those boxes. Well, now you can really begin to understand, okay, what is the experience within that? What is it that we're trying to do with this content or with this section? So that when you do begin to build out content requirements, you don't get to the, you know, oh, well, we should have this because just in case somebody might need it or because we already have this, you know, like the classic is companies who are like, we have all these TV commercials. Let's put those online. We might as well. We'll call <laughs> it the we'll call it the media center, you know? And so it just basically like focuses people on content objectives and outcomes versus looking at it as like, you know, a dumping ground really or a library for content. So, you know, and that so that's kind of I think how you begin to sort of back into it. And the other thing that content strategy does right up at the beginning, we talk about content strategy as measuring or as really joining sort of this, the um, content components, which we talk about as substance and structure with the people components, which is how is this content going to get done and how is it going to be cared for? And those are questions you want to ask up front as well. Because, for example, if you are committing to a blog but the person that you are expecting to blog is not going to have time. And if you had only asked them, they would know that. Then you probably should not launch that blog, right? And so those are the kinds of questions to consider up front as well. And so it really is sort of, I always talk about it as as the the piece where you're moving into strategically considering content. That that discovery and that research and asking those questions from a content-focused perspective, so much of that happens in the early stages of a project, that's where you ask the questions and get the answers that help the, keep the project from imploding at the 11th hour. And that's also, I mean, conveniently enough, when you can get unexpected answers without having to toss, you know, three weeks of, you know, design or development or, you know, content creation work too. That's exactly, that's exactly right. You know, now the content person, content strategist is in line and in lockstep with the designer, with the user experience strategist, with the information architect. They're also kind of creating bridges between um, the people that are actually going to be delivering and caring for the content. They're creating a plan uh, for what happens after after launch. They're creating, you know, they're in touch with the developers to make sure that the way that the content is being delivered has all of the little bits of information that they need to appropriately code and launch it. It's 
awesome. Common <laughs> strategy is so awesome. Well, that, that's actually one of the things that I find really fascinating because, like, you know, one of the things that, you know, so a lot of the things that you were just describing, I think, um, at least, you know, the developers and the architects that I know tend to group those things with design. You know, the, you know, that's, you know, that's the kind of stuff that should be figured out, quote, in the design. You know, content and design are sort of this one big pool of stuff, which I yeah. think is an improvement because it means, you know, ideally your design would account for real actual content, not just, you know, dummy text. Yep. Um, yep. But it's interesting because then there's other side, uh, other kinds of content strategy tasks like the uh, content modeling and, you know, and stuff like, um, you know, the actual work publishing workflow and oversight related stuff that often ends up getting grouped under the um, pure development side. You know, that's, that's where right. you know, we're making database tables and we're making editorial tools and stuff like that. Do you think that a lot of the content strategy stuff is really figuring out the different pieces of, you know, uh, sort of crafting a new particular, you know, planning focus or a, a particular discipline out of bits and pieces that have sort of been uncomfortably jammed into lots of other roles and tasks? I think that that is certainly an opportunity for the content strategist. You know, again, I, Joe Golner calls, calls it uh, content choreography, which I really like, you know, kind of pulling the different pieces together and make sure that they're, they're identified and that there is ownership and that they're working together. But, you know, I mean, that's what we do in every process. You know, we, it's, what it's like, you know, we pull this, we pull this tool from over here, or we borrow this person from over here. And, you know, it's all problem solving with the tools that we have in our toolbox. And so, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think do I think that the content strategist has a role, especially moving forward to, you know, start to examine these different pieces of content. And, you know, I mean, this is this presentation that you and Karen did last year that just blew my mind and changed everything for me on on, um, you know, pulling together those different pieces of content and, and starting to plan for create ones publish everywhere. Ah, um, yes. Uh, that, that changed everything for me. That threw me so much that like the talk I was going to give went right out the window and it was one of the worst talks of my life. Because oh, I was like, I was just like, you know, let's just bring Jeff and Karen up here since they're talking about stuff that really matters. Um, but so my point being, I guess, and the, I guess the one other thing I wanted to say is that, you know, we're, I don't, if there's one thing that makes me crazy, it's when people go for land grabs, like, well, that's not your job. This is my job. Or, you know, or I've been talking about this forever and I don't see why you are presenting it as a new idea. Like who cares, right? Like just there are opportunities and there are all these amazing problems to solve. Like just get the work done, find people that you, who you like and respect and, you know, can solve problems with and get it done. So turns out there's no shortage of stuff to fix and build. Right. Or imagine. <laughs> exactly. Thinking towards the future. One of the other things that you mentioned at uh, the content strategy meetup, um, in Chicago was that you don't necessarily see the the idea of like the the dedicated content strategist like you know the the content strategy czar for a company being like a role that's all the rage like five to ten years from now it's like it's an important discipline but not necessarily like the the thing you bring in somebody to like whip into shape like, what, what, what do you mean by that 
Well, unless I, I actually that, misquoted you, then just feel free to shout me down. No, no, no. I think that what I was trying to say is this, you know, the more I work with clients, the more I talk to other content strategists, the more I hear about all of the different approaches and the ways in, I mean, content strategists, it's kind of like user experience strategists. Like it is really such an umbrella term that encapsulates all of these different, all of these different, um, uh, professions and activities and areas of expertise. Uh, you know, again, I think that, you know, I mentioned this, Aaron Kassane's book, The Elements of Content Strategy, talks about shared principles. And I think that she does a really, really beautiful job of kind of, you know, going cross-discipline and saying this is all coming together in content strategy. And so, you know, I mean, I guess it could be like, management consulting, right? Or marketing strategy. I mean, it's this really big, all-encompassing term that you are bringing people in. But, you know, do I think that there are opportunities to be sort of more specific about how people are owning content through the process and, and during the content lifecycle? I do. And I think it's difficult, you know, because... I think there should be like a content planner and I think there should be a content designer and I think there should be an editorial strategist, but like nobody knows what that stuff means and who wants to be a content planner? Like that sounds really boring, right? It sounds like being an editor. I, well, Hey, being an editor is awesome. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't actually disagree. Like I, I got my start actually. I, when, when I was, I think like nine or something, I decided I wanted to make a newspaper. So I was the editor of, of, a little magazine that I printed up and like, you know, went around and delivered door to door in my neighborhood for like a couple of years. Why are you so awesome? <laughs> it, it's, it's mostly cause I got one of those little Fisher price printing kits that you could stamp rubber, little rubber letters in. And it, that, that just warped me for life. Okay. Well then your parents too are really great. <laughs> um, <laughs> you turned out okay. Yeah, um, and, and now I, I use tools that can use far more than seven letters at a time. <laughs> Oh, technology. The platforms um, have just gotten better. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I think that then I get into sort of wrangling with lexicon, but, but I, and again, I don't really care, but I do think that to some degree, like we need to, we need to help. We need to be able to articulate what it is that we're contributing to the process. Titles aren't going to do that. And I understand that, but I do feel that there are parts of, of the content strategy process, um, or discipline, I guess, that uh, that can sort of be better named and broken down so that people, because, you know, something that we really struggled with when we started brain traffic was people calling and being like, I want a content strategy. How do you, how do you give me a content strategy? What does that look like? Can you, know? you send that to me in PDF? You know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Can you show me another example of a content strategy that you did for someone else? And it doesn't, you know, that's not, that's not what it is. Like it's a, it's more of like a, process or an approach to how it is that you are that how it is that you treat content within your organization it's looking at content as a strategic asset and you know appropriately um allocating resources and time and thinking to it and communication whoa um, whoa allocating time that, that's crazy talk i know right exactly um so yeah i i uh i i guess that's sort of a roundabout way of saying that i think that there is a lot more exploring and a lot more problem solving and a lot more organizational redesign that needs to happen before we're before people are going to start acting like corporate publishers or like the content kind of machines that they need to be. Yep. So I, I, I've got a question that a friend of mine asked me about a month ago, and I've just been sort of bubbling this up 
several times just to figure out if anybody has any good thoughts on this. And it, it's sort of content related, but I think it's the sort of problem that, you know, everybody who's ever worked on a web project anything. Or, or yeah, anyone who has made a thing involving <laughs> multiple people has run into at some point. Um, she's basically one of the um, content strategy people for a company in the area. And she interacts with three partner companies. They're supposed to be publishing stuff. They've got a strategy technically that's there. And she's the person who's, you know, getting ready to put stuff out. But there's these like four stakeholders that can literally never actually agree in any of the details after they've all agreed on the high level stuff. And it, it just ends up becoming like the, it's like one of those three stooges sketches where you know, they're all <laughs> trying to run through the door simultaneously and no one ever gets on the other side. It's like just trying to get stuff published always feels like that. Yeah. Uh, do you have any like advice or like concrete thoughts on that other than get some bourbon? Right. That's often my answer. Now, you know, I something that I keep seeing over and over with clients is that they don't understand what people in parallel roles within the organization actually do. Like they don't understand it, right? I have seen clients sitting and like kind of working through and trying to find shared language and shared objectives. And then all of a sudden somebody will go, well, you know, what we really need is this. And the other person will be like, well, that we have that. And they'll pull it up and they'll look at it, you know, and just be like, oh, well, if I'd known you had this, I would have done this. And I, I just see that as like the power of communication and of getting everybody in a room and of working towards clearly understanding okay, look, when you guys can't align on details, here are the things that happen. Projects get pushed back. Extra costs are incurred. The quality, you know, of, of uh, content that I'm planning or that I'm creating that you have hired me to do or that I am being paid to do is falling apart. And, you know, we simply cannot continue to do this. Um, you know, unless you guys want to keep running around. So what we need to do is this, you guys need to decide who's going to make some decision, some decisions and who is going to have some ownership. Because ultimately, I can have all of your input, but this is what I get paid to do. And if they can't hear that, or if they won't listen to it, then she's between a rock and a hard place. I mean, and so part of it is, it's her job to be able to sell in the idea of her process as being beneficial to them. Mm -hmm. That's her job. Yeah. Being allowed to actually do the thing you're told to do is always one of those fun challenges. Well, you know, I got a lot of pushback about that at brain traffic, you know, because I, I mean, it started out as a small company and I, and I grew it and I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, kind of keep track of everything. I wanted to offer my opinion about everything because it was my company. And I, you know, finally, there are people that are just like, you hired me to do this job. You have to let me do it. But I have thoughts you know? and opinions on exactly. everything. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah. And so that's, but again, I tell people so often, you know, the number one question I get asked is, well, how do I convince people within my organization that content is important? Um and I'm always just like, you have to be the salesperson. You have to figure out what it is that keeps them up at night or what it is that they're, you know, what they're running after, what their kind of hot topics are, what their dream is. And you have got to tailor your message to that specifically because what you think is right for the user or what you think is right for the organization, they don't care what you think. 
They care about what they think, and it is your job to sell to that. So before we before we finish up, uh, Brain Traffic has like a, a couple of really interesting events coming up. You've got uh, uh, something in London, something in Minneapolis. Can you like, tell us a little bit, bit about that? Why, yes, I can. Um, in 2011, actually in 2010, I had sort of had it in my brain that like I really wanted to throw a content strategy party because one of the things that I kept seeing is that there were all these really smart people, again, who were not talking to each other. I mean, examples, right? Like we have Lou Rosenfeld, who, you know, was, wrote the book literally on information architecture and is doing all of this great work with site search analytics. We have Anne Rockley, who is, you know, the godmother of, of enterprise content management and, and sort of working with structured and intelligent content. Uh, we have Rachel Levenger, who wrote the first article that a lot of us ever read and who is doing all this work on sort of um, telling a good, smart story about why content needs to be nimble and free. We have Karen McGrain. We have Aaron Kassane. We have, um, you know, all, just all these different all these different people from all of these different disciplines, editorial, user experience, content management, technical communications, edit, you know, that I was just like, we have to all talk to each other. It's to say we have all got to get together and start coming around some sort of shared principles and some shared language so that we can begin to work together and present our case, not only within our organizations, but also to the public at large. You know, we need to inspire each other to write and to speak. And so it was great. It was so fun. And we we sold out a couple of months ahead of time, which I was really proud of. That's almost unheard of for a first time conference. And then last year, we sold out in like late January, early February for a late May conference. Nice. And so yeah, and it was, you know, in both times, we had to close the waiting list like a week later with like 250 people on them. So I was like, I think there's demand for this that we could branch out. And so we decided that we would take it across the pond. So we have um, Confab UK happening for the first time. And one of the exciting things that we're doing there is we've actually opened up a call for speakers. And so we have, you know, 12, many of whom are brand new voices that, you know, have just not been featured or heard or written or have written for um, audiences. So we're really excited to welcome them to the stage. That's another part of um, our our goal is to continually expand this conversation and, and give people the opportunity to share their thoughts and expertise. Um, so it's really great. Awesome. Yeah, it is. And we're going to continue to... Um, at events, whether or not Eric Westra, who produces all of our conference conferences, likes it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I also have heard tales. Apparently, there's cake. Oh, is there cake? Yeah, okay. there's a lot of cake. We don't get we we get a lot of happiness about the cake until people go home and they're like, "My jeans don't fit. Why all the cake?" So, yeah, I'm real. I do have lots of opinions about the food that happens at the conference and the party. So, you know. My heart is in the right place. Sounds fantastic. It is. So one question before we go. I think we need, a, we need an official answer. Is there a particular best bourbon for the content audit? Oh, that is a good question. Well, I, I guess I have to tell you a little story real quickly, which is that um, two years ago, year ago, two years ago, a couple of, of us in the office decided that we were going to start a bourbon club. 
And so um, I offered... That sounds like the best kind of club. Well, it was because we all agreed we were going to kick in, you know, 20, 30 bucks and we were going to buy like this outrageously outrageously expensive bottle of bourbon and we'd do it like once every couple of months. So I agreed that I would start and I went, I was traveling in London and there's this bourbon shop in the Heathrow airport that carries all of these amazing whiskeys and bourbons that you that you can't get anywhere else. I went I went through exactly the same whiskey shop um, at when I was at TripleCon in London. Yes, it's exactly. Fantastic. It is amazing. Um, so I went and I bought this again outrageously expensive bottle of of uh, bourbon and brought that back and we all sat down and you know enjoyed it and it was a religious experience um and i think it was called glen brothers um and then they never gave me any money and nobody ever bought any bottle again. <laughs> it was like this big oh it was dear like this big con so uh, anyway a delicious that story was, but a sad yeah. one Exactly. But in terms of just sort of every day, I am, um, I like bullet and I, uh, I guess I would say bullet. That's one of my favorites. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. And it's been a pleasure talking to you and, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to confab as well. Thank you very much. I'm really glad that I'm able to wrap up this conversation by talking about hard liquor. (laughs) I'm sure that's leaving everyone with just the right impression. It, it, it seemed like a very popular direction to take things in. Uh, it, it, on I, it is something I enjoy talking about. Next time we can talk about uh, shoes. How about I, that? I'll, I'll do my best. Yes. Excellent. Really, thank you so much for having me, Jeff. I really appreciate it. 